The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this episode are that of the guest and host and do not necessarily reflect the values of sponsors or other associated organizations. Welcome to the Parental Compass, presented by Family Education and Support Services. I am your host, Bobby Williams. If you like what you hear today, please subscribe. You can subscribe on Apple or Spotify or anything. Anything you're listening to this on, you can probably subscribe. Uh, for those who have seen the show before, you can tell I got a new location I'm filming from. Still working on getting the feng shui just right. But here we are, talking about physical or mental disabilities can be an awkward thing. And if it's awkward for us, how can we expect children to approach people with disabilities as full human beings? Our guest today is Simon Kalkavekia. Simon has done a lot of work speaking to elementary age children about this very issue. He is also the author of the amazing children's book series, The Adventures of Frank and Mustard. It's the story of a dog on wheels and his friend Bird. An interesting thing too is there's also a hip hop EP that's associated with the series. So be sure to check it out. Let's hear what Simon has to say. 20 years ago, I broke my neck in a rugby game in Australia. I went off to go live and play there and then ended up breaking my neck in a game. I now have C56 paralysis. So I require the use of a wheelchair and have had this disability for the last 20 years. After my injury, I ended up volunteering with kids, spending a lot of time with kids in classrooms. And that ultimately led to the desire to create a children's book series that I am the author of. It's called The Adventures of Frank and Mustard. One of the things I do with my books is that I go to schools, I share my own personal story with kids, and I help spread a really positive message around disability awareness. A lot of parents will ask me, what do I do when my kid just starts pointing at someone with a disability? Because maybe they haven't seen someone use a wheelchair before. I guess one general question I have for you is, why is it important that youth get exposed to people with disabilities? Yeah, well, I think it's really important for youth to get exposed to people with disabilities because for one, there's the youth also have disabilities, all kinds of different abilities, different mm -hmm. differently abled situations where they need to see people out in the real world doing big things where they feel like they can do their own big things. Yeah. I feel like there isn't a whole lot of attention in media that's positive that's not a a, a debbie downer story mm -hmm. in the media about someone with a disability oftentimes in movies and stuff like that people are portrayed as very morose and sad and 
And I really like to show kids what is possible. And I tell them that, you know, there's a lot I can't do, but I focus on the things that I can, and I can still do a lot, even though 90% of my body is paralyzed. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting how in society, they act like a disability is the main thing about a person, but your personality and what you do is so much more than that. And so that's like one element to you. And that's that person before disability yeah. type message that is really powerful for that reason. Mm -hmm. What about, so you talked about children pointing, what do you do if your kid is just doing something that's really insensitive? It is a shared responsibility in mm. that not everyone with a disability who's been pointed at or feels like the conversation is maybe inappropriate has the courage to say something. Mm -hmm. I am very bold and I am always ready to educate when I have the chance. If someone's pointing me out or for my disability or making me feel bad because of my disability, I will say something. And I encourage people to say, hey, start with your feelings. How did that make me feel? And then go from there and tell people, hey, I'm a person first. Yeah. So what about with your children, though? Like, if, if you have a child and they say something, taking, what are the next steps? Taking that opportunity to learn from it and addressing it in the moment, for sure. Mm. I In my life, I deal with a lot of kids. I go to a lot of schools when school's in. And there are a lot of times where I feel like I might be being disrespected yeah because of my disability and i have taken those moments and i've just slowed it down and 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 i'll do it in front of the classroom or whatever the situation may be and i really feel like the children learn the most from that because it has an emotional connection to what the experience is like for them in that I if I if I say hey you know what you just said when you pointed out my wheelchair or when you made it sound like my life wasn't as good or whatever it is that occurred that made me feel bad mm -hmm. and I don't want to feel that way that hurt my feelings and just having that simple conversation really does something in their brains because they feel almost instantly bad, not realizing how much they hurt me through their actions. Totally. It's a shame too, that people can approach from a perspective of pity sometimes. I know we were talking the other day and, you know, you've mentioned situations like that. What are your thoughts around that issue? It's difficult, right? There's mm -hmm. part of it that's they have pity because they feel bad for me because I have paralysis and they feel like my life has been stolen from me in some ways Yeah, that I'm not living a good life because of my physical disability. And 
pity often comes along with that. But most people with disabilities, pity is the last thing we want. We want to be as independent as possible most of the time. And we want to feel good about who we are. And pity just, uh, just hits the wrong way. And like, I live a full and complete life, no matter my situation, no matter my disability. And to have someone feel or think that my life can't be as fulfilling is something that people just need to think more about. That totally. We all live a different life. We all, there are a lot of people that have invisible disabilities that we never even see. And, uh, or you could potentially get a disability in the future. Like you may absolutely. be able-bodied now or whatever, but you never know what's going to happen in the blink of an eye. I obviously know about that changing in the middle of a rugby game yeah. changing my life forever. I was working with some kids the other week and one of the kids, um, had kind of a mental disability and I was trying to talk with her and approach her and her head was down and she just wasn't ready to talk. And then the girl next to her was like, she can't talk. She has mental problems. Uh, maybe try coming tomorrow. And it's like, okay, that girl was trying to help who was talking to me, but then it also seemed just like very insensitive. And in the moment I was sort of like, I don't even know what what to do with this here what would you have done if you were in that situation uh so say it one more time how did it what happened so i was working with two kids the first kid had a mental disability and just sort of had her head yeah. down and couldn't really talk to me in that moment yeah and then the other kid sitting next to her was talking was, like she wasn't a person basically right yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah, and that we that's something that we have to teach kids. I remember in my own experience, I went to a school and I did an assembly and there was a child that used a wheelchair and the principal said, I don't even think that he is able to speak or something along those lines. Yeah. Or he's, the correct verbiage is nonverbal. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I talked to him and the principal didn't even recognize that. And that's a huge problem when adults or people in our communities are seeing people with disability and just having that expectation that there isn't anyone in there. Yeah, I know a lot of different people that maybe not a lot, but that have disabilities where they where you can't really tell if someone is really in there intellectually. And a lot of times with disabilities like that, people just assume that you're dumb and that you're not a part of society and that you're really not, not human in some ways. And it's really frustrating to think about how people treat people with disabilities in some ways. Sometimes people won't even look me in the eye. That's something that I would teach the kids and the parents. If there's someone with a disability, and yes, maybe maybe it makes you nervous or maybe mm -hmm. it makes you uh, feel bad for the person. Oftentimes, 
that's part of the case, but look the person in the eye, make them feel that human connection. Yeah. Oftentimes in business settings, whatever, if I have someone else with me, like my caregiver, people will look at my caregiver instead of me. And Mm. it's really insulting to have that happen when I am just as capable as anyone remember to look the person in the eye yeah well and your children learn from your example too and so if they see you looking someone in the eye hopefully they'll do the same there are kids like kids with autism that have difficulty um maintaining eye contact but that's not what we're talking about Mm -hmm. Um, we're talking about being fully aware of that situation and and just making the effort to look the person in the eye yeah this might sound like an ignorant question but if you're talking with someone who uses a wheelchair is it appropriate to like kind of kneel down and get on someone's same like height level or is that insulting i don't like that yeah i mean it's it's not bad it depends Usually that would be saved for more of a closer connection with someone Yeah, where yeah. I wouldn't want someone doing that right off the bat necessarily, mm-hmm. but some people have that really good positive energy and they're like, Hey, I want to come be on your level. And they drop down and they hang out with me. And, and it just, it just depends on the intent of what, why they're doing it. If it's in the right place, then I don't have a problem with it. And I imagine most people who use wheelchairs don't, but mm-hmm. we're so used to people standing around us because we're, we are the, the more uh, unique. Totally. What, what about language? Cause language changes over time. And I know things that maybe were appropriate 20 years ago are not appropriate now. What yeah. kind of changes are you seeing in language as far as disabilities? Yeah, great question. One of the things that I am actually teaching a lot of people is about the word lame. Mm -hmm. It's been pretty common in our society to use lame to describe something that is boring, that isn't cool. And lame also has another meaning, which is to be or have a physical disability, to be crippled. And to have that be part of the common language as a way to describe something that is negative is something that I've really become aware of in the last few years. Mm -hmm. And I am teaching people when I hear it, I say, hey, you know, when you say that, I start to think about that issue of almost it's it's not hatred it's i don't feel like it's hatred but it's it's uh, and it's not discrimination but it's just something that need people need to be conscious of when we say those words yeah it's something people don't even think about isn't it interesting how like so much of language is rooted in like slurs and yeah and you don't it's so commonplace you don't even think about it yeah that's wild. Yeah, and, and we all grew up saying slurs and different things like that. It is what happens 
as we grow older, we just go through those stages in middle school and high school and even elementary school. But as we become older adults and we, I think as a society, we are caring a lot more about the meaning of words. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see people use lame correctly, if not in a way that is negative towards people with disabilities. Totally. What about encouraging friendships with children and their oh, peers who have disabilities? Do you have any ideas about that? Yeah, my, my books are all about inclusion. And one of the things that I really like to encourage is whatever activity you're doing in the classroom, let's incorporate all of the students. There's ways for each student to be a part of it no matter what the ability level. I remember going to Evergreen at one point and feeling like I wasn't part of the project because I needed a lot more help to do this art project that we were doing as a classroom and I didn't feel included and it really hurt my feelings. And I, at the time, I didn't have the courage to say anything. So a lot of people go without saying anything when they don't feel included Mm -hmm. and that it's a really painful thing to go through and i just encourage people to be creative find ways maybe it's pushing the kid in the wheelchair around the bases at the baseball field maybe it's letting them be referee there are so many different ways for us to create more inclusivity And I am doing my best to advocate that. Yeah. Well, I think you're doing a great job with it. Do you have any closing thoughts or ideas we haven't talked about that you think parents should know? I just want to re-emphasize that tell your kids, remember, they're a person. And person comes before the disability. A lot of times I get asked, about my disability before the person has even started talking to me. It's the first thing they say to me, how did you get injured? Before even considering that, hey, I'm a person here, then yeah, I do have a story, but maybe you could get to know me a little bit before I tell you why I use a wheelchair. It's just a a way to show more respect to people that are different because yes, we know everyone's curious about what makes us different, but we'd also like the respect to know that you wanna get to know us and not just our disability. Mm, Right on. Well, you're doing great work again and thanks for being here today. Yeah, I appreciate the work you're doing too. Thank you, Simon. Be sure to look up The Adventures of Frankenmustard on Amazon or frankenmustard.com. Get a book. Get your kid a book. Get the whole series. This has been The Parental Compass, presented by Family Education and Support Services. I am Bobby Williams. We'll see you next week. Peace. <laughs>